it, it's just hard mm-hmm. because I, and I think the main thing about it is, is I've, I've, I've been a size four and I've been a size 14, 16. Mm-hmm. I, my body likes 12, 14. And it is the stigma that I sit around and eat bonbons and that it's a reflection. Weight is a reflection of way too much, mm-hmm. way too much. I'm funny. I'm educated. I'm, I mean, it's hard to say it out loud even, but I, I know I'm talented. And at the end of the day, you know, there's always the comments. You're a big girl, you know. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you stop comparing and start living. I'm your host, Heather Creekmore. I hate to admit this, but I used to secretly obsess over my appearance. I thought it was part of my job as a woman to always look better, but never felt like I could be good enough. Maybe you can relate. God, in His grace, showed me a way out, and I want to give you all the tools you need to break free too. If you've ever spent too much time stressing over your looks, I get it. I hope you'll keep listening and find the same freedom I have. Here are three other things you should know about me. I'm a minivan driving mom of four. I'm author of the book Compared to Who and the forthcoming book The Burden of Better. I'm a blogger at comparedtowho.me and you just may have seen my epic big fail on Netflix. If you've ever struggled with comparison or body image issues, Compared to Who is the show for you. I hope you enjoy today's episode and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey there, welcome to the Compared to Who podcast. I am so glad that you're watching or listening today. I'm Heather Creekmore, and I have a very special guest today that I know you're going to really enjoy. Her name is Jamie Amarine, and she's wife to Justin and mom to Maggie, John, Luke, Sophie, Sam, and Charlie. Justin and Jamie live in the North Houston area with their three youngest children. Jamie holds a bachelor of science degree in family and consumer sciences and a master's of education in counseling and human development. And Jamie is an author, speaker, and artist. Jamie, thank you so much for being on the Compared to Who show today. Thank you for having me, Heather. I'm looking forward to it. So this is your third book that you're getting ready to launch. Mm -hmm. And I love all of your writing, but for anyone who doesn't know you, because if you read one of your books, you'll, you'll know you, right? Um, but, But for anyone who's watching or listening today, who doesn't know you, will you just tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. So like you said, I'm Jamie Amarine and I sound a lot more impressive on paper. <laughs> I guess I really, <laughs> I, I confess to Heather before I got on here, I just took a nap. <laughs> so, hey, naps are impressive to me. <laughs> I, I, I nap well. I'm good at me that. Me too. <laughs> I call it the Elvis nap because I make it ice cold and pitch dark and wrap up in a blanket and pass out cold. So this is my third book. My first book was Stolen Jesus, The Unconventional Search for the Real Savior. And my second book was Sacred Grounds to Keep Floors, How Less Than Perfect Parents Can Raise Kind of Great Kids. And my third book is Well Girl, An Inside Out Journey to Wellness. Is that right? I think so. I think I think so. Yeah. I have I the same <laughs> I have the same dilemma though too. My my next book, the the subhead, I do not know that I say it the same way twice. I, am an accidental author, I hadn't written anything. I had four young children at home and we had just adopted Sam and we had uh, Charlie at the time was our first foster placement. And then we also had a little 
love bug that was with us for two years and then she uh, returned to her restored mama. But um, at the time that I wrote Sacred Ground Sticky Floors, the first draft, I just had the flu. <laughs> and um, I had gotten off of social media because of foster care. And apparently I had something to say. So I borrowed my husband's laptop. I didn't even have my own computer. I borrowed my husband's laptop and knocked out 60,000 words in nine days. Wow. Gave it to my parents. And my parents read it. They knew somebody that asked some advice. And he said, take her to Mount Hermon's Writers Conference. I went once. And everybody there was like, you have to blog, you have to blog. And I was like, no, don't, no, don't. Because <laughs> I just didn't, I, I didn't, I, I don't even know what I was doing, Heather. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I, there was two authors there that were like, you're not leaving this room until you set up a blog. So I set up a blog on my phone, which I don't recommend <laughs> and because it was a mess. And that was actually in um, March of 2015. Okay. 16? Okay. 20, maybe 26, no, 2015. And then tried to get an agent. Couldn't, there were people that were like, we're interested in this, but you have to have a platform and all that stuff. So I thought, well, maybe you don't have to have a platform. Now I was addicted to writing. And I thought, maybe you don't have to have a platform if you write fiction, which isn't right. Um, but so I wrote a murder mystery mm. with some godly undertones. I uh-huh. <laughs> and I took it to the ACFW, uh, American Christian Fiction Writers which was where I met Jesse, my okay. now still agent. Mm-hmm. And um, she was like, I'm not real crazy about this, but um, you should blog. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, well, I kind of do. So we talked about that and she said, she said, go home and see what happens. And the very next week um, I wrote on my phone, again, don't do this, writers of wow. aspiring writers, um, an open letter to my children, you're not that great. While I was at a dance, dance recital, I posted it, never looked it up, never looked back. And it was on my birthday, September 26th. So it was to 2015. My phone kept dinging and Justin, my husband said, what is that? And I said, it's birthday alerts. And my daughter said, that's not birthday alerts. And so um, I opened my phone and I said, oh, something's wrong with my blog. And Justin said, what? And I said, it's number one. And he said, where? And I said, the world. (laughs) And it was (laughs) the number one blog on WordPress. Yeah, blew up. And so I texted Jesse and I said, something's going on with my blog. And she went, yeah, I know you need to call me because it was everywhere. Uh And I think it was in February, you know, February of 2016 that I signed a two book deal with Harvest House for Stolen Jesus and Sacred Ground Sticky Floors. Um, That has all just been madness. I mean, it was just absolute madness. I didn't have any experience. I didn't have any connections. I didn't have any idea what I was doing. I didn't realize that the trolls would threaten my life. I didn't realize (laughs) any of the things that would go on. Um, after that, and it's been a wild ride. I've learned a lot about myself, a lot about mothering, and a whole lot about Jesus. Mm-hmm. I really like him. I think prior to writing a word, I thought I liked him, but mm-hmm. it was just religiosities and habits. Mm-hmm. And I've really, that, that's the, been the best part is truly, I, I think everybody should write something mm-hmm. don't necessarily post it on the internet but <laughs> <laughs> have a friend read it first maybe <laughs> or just keep it to yourself between you and Jesus because <laughs> um yeah Body 
game has been bogging you down for too long, it's time to get free, my friend. Go to comparejahoo.me, take your free body image awareness quiz. You will learn amazing things. You'll get your results right away. And I think you'll have fun too, because I mean, who doesn't love to take quizzes? Go to comparejahoo.me. There's lots of great resources on that site articles about body image and comparison and how you can find freedom through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Check it out today, right after this episode, of course. My three oldest children, Maggie, John, and Luke. Maggie and John are both married. John's a Marine. Maggie lives nearby. Luke is our hippie. And he actually wrote the afterword to Sacred Ground Sticky Floors. Sophie's about to graduate from high school, which has been completely undone. Mm -hmm. And then get this, she's moving to New York to go to college. Wow. Um, I think I might have rather had her join the Marines, but (laughs) and I didn't want John to join the Marines. You know, I'm I'm married to a Marine. Did you know? Oh yeah. (laughs) It's very stressful life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, um, but yeah, that's about it. We just kind of bump around here, and um, I'm a royalty artist. And an artist, which is um, a royalty artist is, of course, the, the I do paintings and then I have an agent that scans them and then pitches them to companies. So prior to the pandemic, my first piece was supposed to be in a store that I can't say the name of because I can't say the name of it until I have a picture of myself with the piece of art. There's actually four of them, I think, that were supposed to come out right at the same time that this happened, but they're locked away in that mm. undisclosed store that I can't tell you what it is. Um, wow. So I'm well, looking that's amazing. For... Yeah, I can't wait for that really to happen. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Really fun. Yeah. So, so this third book goes to a place that I think everyone listening and watching this show will be very interested in because you're going to the body image world. Mm-hmm. And as I know... And you can, I'll, I'll let you use your own words, but how easy or hard was that for you to dive into? Gut-wrenching. Yeah. It was absolutely, I mean, when I wrote Sacred Ground Sticky Floors and I was finishing it, I actually, I always write my books in about nine days. The first draft, I just, it's a nine-day thing. And when I was writing Sacred Ground Sticky Floors, it was the week that John left for boot camp. and the little one that I mentioned before that we call on social media, Joy Baby, um, left and we would never see her again. Mm -hmm. I was a wreck. I mean, I was a wreck and I thought that was hard. Mm -hmm. And then I left to go write Well Girl Mm -hmm. and because I I also always try and get away or ask everybody to leave. And I was in a hotel room and I, I cried and grappled and cried. Katie Reed um, that wrote um, Made Like Martha and um, Carrie Scott um, are both authors and they both were reading as I was writing and they just absolutely saved my life. It's just hard. It was just hard. Every insecurity, every um, pound gained or lost or struggled over or grieved over all of the things just had to be dealt with, which is one of the reasons I think writing is so mm-hmm. cathartic. It was, it was just so much exposure. And I always joke, um, I always, I call it bloggers remorse because mm-hmm. I, I just say stuff 
And so I usually write something the night before and then I'll set it up to post the next morning. And every time I wake up like 30 minutes before and go, oh no, what did I do? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, what have I done? Mm-hmm. And every once in a while I'll wake up when it's too late. <laughs> but, um, I wrote a whole book. So <laughs> I turned it in. It came back with like no revisions. I was like, seriously? It was, like, <laughs> nothing. It was just like a couple of questions. And I just thought, what have I done? Mm-hmm. I've just completely exposed so much of myself. I'm getting feedback from people that are endorsing it, like yourself. And it, it's just hard mm-hmm. because I, and I think the main thing about it is, is I've, I've, I've been a size four and I've, been a size 14, 16. Mm-hmm. And I, my body likes 12, 14. And it is the stigma that I sit around and eat bonbons. And that it's a reflection. Weight is a reflection of way too much, mm-hmm. way too much. I'm funny. I'm educated. I'm, I mean, it's hard to say it out loud even, but I, I know I'm talented. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, there's always the comments, you're a big girl, you know, and it, we, because it's so heavily weighted in, in our view of um, how we look at things, I think it just um, robs so much from us. And so all of the things that I said in there, I knew were going to be my complete unraveling, just Mm -hmm. like they were in Stolen Jesus was the unraveling of my beliefs about Jesus and Sacred Ground Sticky Floors were the unraveling of my beliefs about parenting mm-hmm. and how God viewed my kids messed up. He must think I'm a complete loser. And, um, you know, those things. And darn it, if he didn't show up and do that for body image. But it was weird because when I wrote the outline, I was so convicted that I needed to to go. I think the, the um, first section is under my skin. Mm-hmm. And it's about womanhood, creativity. I mean, I I think there actually might be a few people out there that are body book addicts that are going to go, what is she doing? And actually maybe even be mad and want their money back. But the reality of it is it's all of me can't be defined by what I weigh. Mm -hmm. I mean, and my big revelation and all that would, was, you know, if if I was in an accident and lost a limb, Mm -hmm. would I still be an author and an artist? Would I still be Maggie, John, Luke, Sam and Sophie and Charlie's mama? Would I still be Justin's wife? Yeah. Would I still be daughter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I think one of the saddest things in the Christian walk is that we have morphed it into that he loves us less or he's disappointed or that we're separated from him somehow if we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but then perfect, what is that? I mean, how can you even tell? <laughs> because, I mean, I when they're doing the book cover and after they did the shots, you know, they're like, he was like, oh, he watched this, the photographer, and he was doing some much needed um, improvements, <laughs> but I hadn't even seen him. He's like, so like, we'll get rid of this H spot and lift your bust a little bit. And my, my Sophie was standing there and she looked just incensed. Mm-hmm. And, but it was literally stuff that I didn't even see. Like mm-hmm. he was like, like we can get rid of um, this dark coloring on your decoupage and I was like wait what that's my tan yeah (laughs) (laughs) wait I'm darkening there so we're so quick to um point those things out Mm -hmm. and 
make them important. And when they asked me about the book cover, I said, I can't even believe I'm going to say this, but I think you should put me on the cover. Mm. And here's why, because I'm not a size four and I'm not wearing mm. leg warmers, but I am healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually am very healthy, very healthy. I mean, breeding stock healthy. <laughs> um, and um, it's, it's strange what we consider healthy and perfect. Mm-hmm. and how we decide and that that's one of the things I love about your book it's like if you're an individual and I and I always go back to parenting in almost everything that I talk about because I know that that's why God gave us the image of father mm-hmm. and it's hard if you have a lousy father I have a great father so it's really easy for me to know that he's crazy in love with me so Jamie I love this new book I am so so glad that you let me read it ahead of time. That was super exciting. And it's so good. There's so much that I loved about it. One thing for sure that I loved about it was the fact that you're not afraid to call an idol an idol. And that's my big thing is that so many times I believe women keep chasing this view of perfection and kind of miss the whole fact that it could be an idol that they're chasing. So I love that. But, but Instead of me telling everyone about this brand new book of yours, could you kind of take us on what, what does this book go into? How, how is it different than maybe what else is out there and what should they expect when they get this brand new book? The, the book is, I, I start out with that I'm unraveling with you, which was completely true. When I started my notes, when I first um, started piecing it together in the chapters, I knew that it was going to be not so much me saying, okay, this is how I got to be a size seven or whatever. It was literally me me walking through, this is what I've missed and this is what I've missed. This is what's, this is how I've evolved. This is where I struggled. But it was, um, I hope people won't be mad because it's not like, first you do 10 sit-ups in the morning and then you tell yourself you love you. you It's like um, more of an engaging what are you doing to create every single day? What's your purpose? Are you ashamed you're a woman? And um, the chapter, my my favorite chapter is the creativity chapter, but my second favorite love-hate relationship is with the chapter woman, um, where I talk about our womanhood. Mm-hmm. And the first time that I wrote it and I gave it to Carrie Scott and Katie Reed and then Crystal Payne of Money Saving Mom who wrote the foreword, all three of them came back and went, oh, friend. Um, you're going to have to rewrite this, which had, had never really happened to me, hmm. but it was laced with the brokenness of my womanhood. Hmm. And um, I was shocked um, to realize how venomous I sounded because hmm. I'm not venomous. But I mean, again, I will say that I think it's one of the reasons everybody should write. But I also, um, I'm very convicted of this. A lot of times when we're writing anything or journaling or praying, I think it is laced with fix me and I'm so sorry, fix me and I'm so sorry, fix mm-hmm. me and I'm so sorry. And just like you wouldn't walk down to breakfast with your husband and go, I'm not worthy of you. I'm the worst. I'm a loser. I never succeed. I never do what's right and holy because you have a relationship with your husband. You don't have to explain yourself to him all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, that was it actually makes me feel like I'm going to cry because I spent so many years 
doing that with God. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sorry I didn't stay under my Weight Watchers points yesterday, and I'm sorry that I didn't walk, and I'm sorry that I didn't do this, and I'm I'm so awful, and I'm so la 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 la, la you know. Yeah. And um, so that unraveling is the beginning of it. Like, where where are you? What what are you missing in your creation? What is, you know, how can you f- fill up this cup? that's been emptied by society or what you believed about yourself or what's happened to you or the choices that you've made. Um, and it's, it fascinates me still that, that, that that's how the book ended up going, but it did. So the, the first section is under my skin. And then the second section is talking about um, how do we make this change? And um, it's, it's again, my whole heart, which actually had more in it than I even realized in my walk with him because I I've, I feel like what happens with body image and, and Christian women is that we think when I get this right, mm-hmm. then he'll love me and I'll have that perfect relationship with him. Mm-hmm. But, um, and, and again, I go back to parenting. Is that how we parent our children? <laughs> if they were better, I would love them. Mm-hmm. If they were, you know, any of these things. And, and I mean, it's a horrific um visual, but if you had a child that was morbidly obese, would you abuse them? Mm. If you had a child that, you know, had a facial um, disformity or um, a learning disability or um, had been molested, Mm. would you chastise them and tell them how awful they were? And as someone with a, this, this was shocking to me because I've been so mean to myself for so long, but um, you know, as a foster mo- adoptive mom, a mom, and someone with a degree in counseling and human development, I know if I know if I know that that's not how you heal anyone by verbally abusing them. Yeah. And yet we do that, mm-hmm. and then we tie it to that's how God is mm-hmm. parenting me. Um, it's been so heartbreakingly freeing to. N- and heartbreaking on the side that you know, I'll, I'll be 49 in September. And I think, wow, I wasted a whole lot of time yeah. um, not embracing this perfect love. Um, and yeah. it's, it, it's heavy on my heart for so many women. And especially with the, the keto craze. And mm-hmm. um, just, <laughs> I just go, it, it isn't about catching up to get better. It's about embracing this love and this love fixes everything. Yeah. It, it was meant to fix everything and it does fix everything. Um, it, it's so my passion and, um, I, I honestly, in some ways, because I was, I, I am fully honest in this. Um, there's been a little bit of silence in, my circle, um, on my Facebook page in my, on my blog, because it was such an outpouring of mm. his truth and my own conviction. There's never condemnation, but there is conviction of how I've, um, morphed him into this, you know, taskmaster of, you know, fix yourself, girl, yeah. fix yourself, you know, um, dare I say, wash your face, pull it together, get it together. And then when you get it together, everything will be fine with us. And 
it's just it's it's a society of tragic living um when we could be enjoying him and then the benefit of that is and since i wrote the book and fell into that being adored mm. and enjoying him and i have um this piece that i i i haven't had since i was 12 years old yeah wow yeah, but I mean, it's, it's a leap though. I mean, I'm just, I'm just putting myself back. I don't know. It's probably my journey has been maybe 10, 12 years of all this and taking myself back and you know, where you started a couple minutes ago was, am I glad to be a woman? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, you know, that's gonna, that's like, that's hurting someone right now. I mean, in, in a, in a good way, I hope I don't mean it in a bad way, but like, that question is startling. Am I okay with being a woman? Because I know for me personally, it's like, I, I would have never told you I wanted to be a man, you know, yeah. and, and, and like you allude to in the book, like that has all gotten so much more messy than it used to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, but just, you know, thinking about it in the purest sense, I would have never said I wanted to be a man, but at the same time, feeling envious of men for not having to worry about all the things that I had to worry about physically, you know, <laughs> envious of the fact that my husband, you know, was complaining about his hair being too long in, in yeah. quarantine. And it's like, dude, mm-hmm. it's like just barely as long as a normal person's hair now, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, like it just those kind of, those kind of thoughts I remember through the, through the decades of struggle, but was I really glad to be a woman? Could I really embrace the fact that God had made me female and not feel like it was a curse that God made me female. And that means I have to do all the things to, you know, look like culture expects me to look so I can be valuable. And Mm -hmm. there's, there's a whole lot there. So I, I love, I love that you started there, but then where, where you went with it was, can, can I be adored, you know, without, feeling like I've met all of my personal physical goals for myself. Am I okay with, with that thought and being loved just as I am? I mean, that's a lot of uncomfortable stuff for, for a lot of people. So I understand your silence in your circles. <laughs> it's, a, it's been hard. And, it, and I think too, when you're voicing those things and you've hit that sweet spot, <laughs> um, then to get the, the feedback like I, I wrote a post about the freedom of Jesus and I can't even remember which one it was. Cause I, I read about that a lot, but instantly the comments um, on my Facebook were, I try and fail every day and mm-hmm. um, he loves me still. And, and just this, and, and, and it's a culture that it, it's a, a Christian cliche culture that, you know, to say all the time, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm awful. I fail all these things. And that one of the things that's hard for me, because I I think I I mentioned I'm a daddy's girl. My dad is crazy about me. He thinks I'm famous. He's, you know, big, huge fan of mine. He loves me. I love him and we enjoy each other's company. And I know, and it breaks my heart for those of us that out there that can't say that. Mm-hmm. But it has made it easier for me to imagine a father's love. Mm-hmm. But I would add this as a side note, the Brady Bunch or any in, anything that you can watch and see a good father and know that does exist. Mm-hmm. And that's what he calls himself. 
he calls himself a good father. And so um, this, and, and we're, we're, we're locked into our religions because it's a safe place. This, and this is the hard part of grace or deciding uh, that you're not going to intentionally diet anymore mm-hmm. or try and change yourself through extreme measures is it's letting go of that control mm-hmm. and falling into the arms of this God who loves perfectly. He is love. That's everything that he is. And then really, I think that the dissection in the book is, like I said, if, you know, I'm, I'm a counselor and a foster mom. If, if I went to a meeting for foster care and they were like, okay, we're going to place this child with you that's um, mother broke his arm and was starving him. How are you going to talk to him? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to tell him maybe if he hadn't done that, he'd be, <laughs> have been treated better. I mean, when we, yeah. what I, what happened with the book that I didn't even realize what's going to happen with the book is that it, it did come down to that. What it, What is, what are those voices in our heads telling us? And do they make a lick of sense mm-hmm. as, ma- as a mother? If you're a mother, is that how you would talk to your child? Mm-hmm. If you did have a good father, is that how he talked to you? And if you had a lousy father, how did it make you feel when he did talk to you like that? And that's the opposite of who this God is. He's just good. And he's so crazy in love with us. And my, my favorite thing about falling into the arms of this, this Jesus, it's such a relief. It's such, the burden is so lifted. And my voice cracks from a little bit of the exhaustion because it feels like this uphill battle of fighting these things that are just habits of saying, you know, well, I try and I fail every day. Well, if I came down to breakfast every morning and said that to my husband, I'm so sorry I failed you. He'd be like, wait, what? (laughs) What'd you do? (laughs) I'd get his attention. (laughs) So that's not how we talk to people that we love. We don't, we're not constantly apologizing. We're not constantly trying to fix ourselves. We can have glitches in our marriages or have a hard time with our kids and stuff like that. But are we not still family? Are we not still having familial conversations? Are, you know, if we're trying to fix something with our human relationships, it does look one way, but do we have to come down every morning and go, are are we still married? Mm -hmm. Are you still my son? Are you still my daughter? And it's just, um, exhausting. But then when you add to that, that your relationship is in any form tied to the God who died so that you could live based on the number of Oreos you ate Mm -hmm. or based on that you feel righteous because, which is, is very important. And as far as the message of grace goes, if you think that all of a sudden he's more proud of you because you went to CrossFit six days this (laughs) week and then what's the cro- what was the point of the cross? Exactly. The cross means nothing, and um, I think it's in everything I ever write. Ever write, but you know, if if you pay for something, it's a purchase. If you earn something, it's a wage. The cross was a gift, mm-hmm. and it separated all of the law from this relationship with us. Where then we are able to. He literally said, you know, everything is permissible. Ask me, is it beneficial? Yeah. Is it beneficial to only eat bacon <laughs> or is it beneficial to sit with me for a minute, listen to what is good. And, and I, I really hesitate to even say that I kind of say it in the book, but for the longest time, I am just not a big fan of meat. And 
the minute you know you jump off and say I'm a vegetarian, then and people are looking at you, they'll go, well, I'm going to try that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This is the thing. This is my conviction, and it's what I enjoy. It's what I like. It's what I feel nourished by. It's what I've been led to as an individual. And so then you look at Sam and Charlie, our two youngest, and um, Sam loves ground beef. He mm-hmm. can eat a pound of it. He loves it. <laughs> put it in front of Charlie. He gags, chokes. He cannot put it in his mouth. He doesn't like the texture. Well, okay. What does that say about our, what nourishes them? Now he'll eat 40 apples if we'll let him because he loves apples, but it's not a character flaw. Mm-hmm. He's just his taste buds. It's yeah. who he's created to be. And as his mother, I can, I, I can force feed him ground beef to what end? Or I could force feed Sam apples to what end? I'm only causing causing damage and food issues. Yeah. And yet that's what we do. And then Absolutely. we tie it back to, well, this is how I'm going to get closer to God because it's going to make me skinnier or, or yeah. fitter. Hey there. How much is freedom worth to you? That's kind of an odd question, right? When I was in the midst of my struggle with disordered eating and body image, I would have paid anything I had to be free. Truth is, I spent a lot of my budget on things I thought could help me be free, like new diets, exercise gizmos, clothing, but none of those things really helped. I'm so grateful that God showed me the way out. And now I'm passionate about helping others find their way out too. I want them to know that Jesus already paid it all. They don't have to spend another cent to find the freedom they really desire. But truth is, it does cost me something to get this message out, compared to who can't spread the message of Jesus' offer of freedom without the help of women like you. Would you consider making a contribution? Check out Compared to Who's Patreon page at patreon.com slash compared to who. Then prayerfully consider giving $1 or $5 a month, whatever you can to help. Any amount you'd be willing to donate would be a huge blessing and will go directly towards covering the operating expenses of this ministry. Thank you for being a part of seeing other women set free from the chains of body image and comparison. May God bless your generosity. And, and that's what I love. I mean, that's, I, I love a lot about this book, but that's one thing I love about it. And, and I don't want to give it away because I want people to go buy the book. You can pre-order it now. It comes out, remind me of the date in August again? August 1st. August 1st. Well, that's a hard date to remember. I don't know. But it's like we were talking about before. In, in this quarantine season, I can't remember what time it is, what day it is, any of those things. So okay. August well, it's, it's Sophie's birthday and Sam's adoption day. There you go. That's a big day. That's awesome. So August 1st, it comes out, but tell you one thing that you land on, and I don't want to give away your secrets because like I said, I want people to buy this book, but this is something that my friend Erin Carey and I've been doing a lot of coaching together where she kind of does the nutrition side and I do the body image side. It's not a one, there is no one size fits all. And that's cliche to say, but we actually have to start believing it. (laughs) You know, the newest diet isn't going to work for everyone. And that is I think hard for women to believe and accept because you see other people getting results and you're like, well, maybe I should try it too. Or then, and then there's this whole like moral layer of I'm going to, I failed because I, it couldn't work for me like that. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love how you take women to a place through this book of where it's got to be okay to just like you were saying, to just go with what you like and what nourishes you and what feeds you and what I don't want to say what feels good to you because that could be taken out of context, but 
but but in a way, like when it comes to movement and well, really even textures in your mouth, what feels good to mm-hmm. you is is ultimately what is going to be sustainable and healthiest for you in the long run. And we drive ourselves silly, crazy, all the things. <laughs> ridiculousness, trying to do what we've seen that worked for this celebrity or this friend we know. And, and we just kind of ignore ourselves and all of that and Mm -hmm. and our preferences. So, so just fill, fill that out a little bit for me. What have you observed on that front? Well, it's weird because like, I I still have some of those habits, but like, (laughs) because we're in quarantine, one of the things that we haven't had in the house for a little while, which is my favorite, is lemon nosa yogurt. Okay. Um, I love lemon nosa yogurt. And so I came down this morning and I and I have this in the book of ways that you touch it's a feasting with the father and and it's actually called the way in, but it's not weighing in. It's like checking in with him mm-hmm. who created you and and really saying, you know, I know I can have anything. Everything's permissible. What would be beneficial to me? And really stopping for a minute. And this popped into my head, um, frosted mini wheats with strawberries. Like, and I thought, oh man, that sounds good. And instantly went, but you can't waste the Nosa yogurt. So you need to have the Nosa yogurt. Hmm. And I stopped and I was like, well, wait a minute. What, obviously what my body was craving was some fiber and some fruit. Mm-hmm. But my mind goes to this place of money saving, conservation, mm-hmm. you know, all of the things of the world. So I stopped for a minute and I was like, my instinct, my animal instinct was, or, or godly instinct even, cause I was weighing in what, what should I have for breakfast? And it was, I mean, I, I know some keto folks are freaking out because <laughs> fiber and fruit. And I, and you know, if you're called to that and if you stopped and checked in and he's calling you to that and he goes bacon and eggs. <laughs> he has a way that he's going to heal your body, change your body, make you feel better, make you function better, level your blood sugar, whatever. That's between you and your father who knows, just like I know that Charlie doesn't eat ground beef and Sam doesn't want apples. But how personable and dear is that? So I instantly rejected the no yogurt and texted Sophie said, Hey, there's no yogurt if you want it. And she said, I already ate. And I just trusted that. And, um, that on the other side of that, when I have frosted, I mean, I'm being so honest with you, Heather, (laughs) when I have frosted mini weights fruit for breakfast, I know I usually, it'll be several hours before I'm hungry again. Uh Then I started in the human side of me. Oh my gosh, what if I don't get hungry again? And then I don't get to eat and I don't get to eat the nose yogurt and and everything. And I was like, this is, this is the insanity that I'm talking about. (laughs) This is the world telling you what to eat, when to eat it, when it expires, greedy, all the things that go into that versus a father that created me that went, Hey, this morning it's frosted mini weights and strawberries. And I had that. And I came down couple hours later to get ready for this interview and I opened the fridge and the nose yogurt was gone. I don't know who ate it. It's not my problem. It's not the last <laughs> nose yogurt. It's not what I wanted. Uh-huh. We're, I, I think too, we get so caught up in these ideas about what's right and what's wrong and what we shouldn't, what we shouldn't. And we're missing out on nourishing this temple, mm-hmm. communing with a father who provides and provides well. If you ask him for a fish, he's not going to give you a snake. Who knows the chemistry and the dynamics of 
everything about you and loves you and wants to take care of you. And that is what I've missed. And I'm not saying that, I mean, obviously not completely healed because of the NOSA nonsense. That was craziness. But that's what we've done with food and body image is we've, we've made this muddy mess of should and shouldn'ts. And, and, you know, all along the way, wearing our, what would Jesus do bracelet? (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's so nonsensical and so confusing, but a good relationship with a good, with somebody that you love, that you enjoy, that loves you. That's not confusing. And I I actually um, have some stuff in the works for this, but I, I left those before the quarantine stuff. And I ran to the corner store, which literally five, I was gone maybe five or 10 minutes, ran to the store to get a loaf of bread and Sam and Charlie were in the yard playing and I left. And when I came back around the corner and they saw me, they started jumping up and down and screaming and yelling and waving their arms. So excited to see me. And this just popped in my head. Everything about loving you is fun. Mm -hmm. And love is fun. Mm -hmm. Being in love is fun. Mm -hmm. And And so all of the things associated with that are fun. So if we're worshiping or or serving a God, that it is torturous, burdensome, that's feeding us a snake when we ask for a fish, all of those ucky, yucky things, we're in an abusive relationship with a false God. Mm -hmm. Amen. And he is ready to fix that. He's ready to show you who he really is. He's ready to tell you what to eat for breakfast. And it's not going to be something that makes you gag. Yeah, or that was a shelf life of a hundred years. It's this pops in my head as we're talking to um, as manna from heaven. You know, mm-hmm. just these opportunities to let him take care of us, and there's some undoing in that. And um, if you've been in an abusive relationship with yourself or this God that you made up that you know wants you to eat a wafer and then run ten miles, even if. <laughs> You know, you're suffering from fibromyalgia. And, and I mean, I, it even goes to stuff like that. People that are chronically ill that are suffering, and then they add to that, well, he must be trying to show me something or refine me. Nope. That, is that how you get your kid's attention by, by giving them fibromyalgia? Mm-hmm. If your child was stray somehow, would you strike them down with a brain tumor? Mm-hmm. No. Cause that's not how we treat people that we love. Mm-hmm. And if everything about loving you is fun, if everything about this loving relationship is fun and good and dear and wonderful, it's a good day to be in love with that God. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Well, Jamie, thank you so much. I, I love this. And I think that my listeners, viewers are going to really enjoy this book too. There's a lot of good stuff in there. So tell everyone where they can connect with you. Well, you can find my website is sacredgroundstickyfloors.com. And on Facebook, which is really kind of my stomping ground, it's Jamie Amarine's Sacred Ground Sticky Floors. Um, but you could also email me directly at Jamie, J-A-M-I, no E, J-A-M-I, at sacredgroundstickyfloors.com to connect with me and I can give you directions to all the other stuff. My book launch team applications are about to come out and would love to include any of your listeners. And um, yeah, I'm pretty easy to find, I guess. <laughs> awesome. And I'll, I'll, no, e. <laughs> no E. I'll put all that in show notes. So 
people who can't remember spelling. <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. It's going to be all in the show notes. So you can connect with Jamie. And like she just said, you can be part of her launch team if you want to get a head start on reading this good book um, and help Jamie promote it. You can be part of that. So I would encourage you to do that if you're a social media extrovert is what I like to call people. <laughs> so, or crazy person. <laughs> or a crazy person would take those too, right? Yeah. Um, but Jamie, thank you so much for sharing your story and really for, for pouring your heart out in this, in this book. It's a great book. And, um, and I'm glad to have you on the show today. We had some technical issues, <laughs> but if, if you're listening, you don't know that anything happened at all. So That's right. yeah, never knew. Well, Jamie, thanks so much again. And if you've been listening to this episode, I hope something in it has helped you stop comparing and start living. That's all for today's show. Thanks for watching or listening. Bye-bye. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? I mean, you are called by God, and aren't we all praying the big prayer, here I am, Lord, send me. So if we put two and two together, you've got a message to deliver, my friend. Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, art to make, or businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. I use my mic like a machete, so if you don't like to get your toes stepped on or pushed off cliffs to finally jump on in with Jesus, I may be too much for you. But if you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, search and follow the Messenger Movement Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or lifeaudio.com today.